Hey friends, Pastor Worth here. Welcome to West Seattle Christian Church Online. For those of you who are new, I am glad that you found us and a warm welcome to all of you regulars. Today, we are in our third week of our new Reset series when, where we're talking about different parts of our lives that need a reset. And we're doing this by examining some key teachings that Jesus gave us that, to be honest, kind of jab right at the heart of who we are. And today we're going to talk about being satisfied being content. And I want you to just think about that for a moment. What would it take for you to be content? Better relationships, a better house, uh, more vacation, more time, more stuff, more money, less distractions, less disappointments, less frustrations, less traffic. I don't know. Well, if you're new with us and if you're a regular, I hope you can stick around for about a 10 minute lesson while we look into that just a little bit more. And I especially think that you should hang with us for a little infographic here at the end kind of a thinking exercise that I think will help you with this, whether you're new to this whole Christianity thing and you have a bunch of questions, but also if you've been a Christian for a long time, because being content, well, that's just a little bit challenging, isn't it? But first, I want to give you a heads up on a few things coming up for our little church tribe here in West Seattle. The first thing is our in-person Easter service on Sunday, April 4th, 2021 at 10 a.m., it has been a long time, hasn't it? Our last official in-person service was on March 8th, 2020, just over a year ago. And we think it's time to get the band back together. So we're going to be following all of our COVID guidelines for gathering in our space, including social distancing, sanitation stations, bathroom limitations, and, and last but not least, you must wear a mask. In fact, we recommend that you may want to wear two, like the CDC recommends through this season with the possible variant strains that are out there, uh, maybe in our region. So we'll also have online signups ready the week before Easter at the latest so that you can let us know how many are in your party and that's gonna help us plan accordingly. So safety and caring for others' health and well-being is paramount to us. So if you don't feel like you can participate in person, whether you're in a high-risk category or for some other reason, just rest assured that you can join us in with everybody by watching the, the message online. So. The next opportunity is for those of you who are new to church, maybe new to Jesus, uh, new to Christianity, or maybe for those of you who have doubts about this whole churchy faith thing, what I'm talking about is our Alpha course online. And I want you to take a look at this clip right now about that. Deep inside, we know that it'll cost us something to open up our lives and share our faith. But this is our call to open our lives and to share Christ with the people close to us. Because it's only through opening your life up that spaces for honest conversations are possible. That's why we're running Alpha. It's a course over several weeks where you can invite your friends to explore life's biggest questions over a meal. It's a chance for you to invite that person into an honest conversation about faith. Alpha, who will you invite? I'm going to be hosting the Alpha course on Tuesday nights at 7.30 p.m. starting on Tuesday night, April 6th, the Tuesday right after Easter. And it's about a 10-week journey talking about the most important questions of life. So if you're exploring what the Christian faith is all about, or if you're new to this journey of faith, I'd like to invite you to join me. We'd love to have you. It just takes two seconds to sign up. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes below on YouTube as well as online and in our app. So it's really easy to find. And for the rest of you, please consider who you could invite to join us for Alpha. 
and all you have to do is tell them about it or share the link. It's that easy. And this one's for everybody in the whole church and anybody who's new to the area watching this for the first time. Our kinfolk groups have started up in earnest for the spring summer semester. We have five different groups meeting in different geographic villages all over West Seattle on different schedules. So there's something uh, for everyone. These are small groups of families and singles of all ages in our church community that are looking for connection and to grow spiritually. And there's always good food, always. So check out the sign-up links on the website or in the app to contact the leader of the group you're interested in joining, and they'll take it from there. So we're in our third week of this reset series. Last week, we ended with this diagram. Take a look at that for a second. And the week before, we ended with this one. Today, we're talking about satisfaction or being content. And just like last week, I want to anchor this teaching in Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, and specifically the part of that sermon called the Lord's Prayer, which we read fully last week. You can find it in Matthew 6, uh, verses 9 through 13. Let's just zero in on verse 11 for today, for this moment. Verse 11 is short and sweet and perhaps more full of wisdom and profoundness, profundity than we realize. So it simply says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. And often, as in, is the case in Jesus' teaching or in Paul's preaching later in the New Testament, there is some foreshadowing going on here where certain ideas are introduced and then they are expounded on, they are extrapolated on, and they are explained more fully later. So if you have a Bible, look a few verses later in Matthew 6, verses 30 through 33. And if you don't have a Bible, there are tons of Bible apps out there for mobile devices right now. If you're on your laptop or on your computer, uh, even on your iPad or device, you can check out Bible Gateway. It's one of my go-tos, and I'm going to read this, this version of the passage in the Message Translation. So Matthew 6, 30 through 33, it says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, not to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. So here's the question. Do you often feel like you're in a hurry? Like you hardly ever get to stop? You know, you wake up, you get ready for the day, make breakfast while watching the news or flipping through your phone, get the kids ready or make lunches and then off to work in traffic while listening to talk radio or jumping right onto a Zoom meeting and then it's a blur until you're back home, maybe it's still a blur, eating dinner, staying up too late, streaming a show trying to get the kids to bed, and then you're in bed yourself and you're lying there and you're going, is this life? <laughs> Does this hamster wheel ever stop? I mean, I only wish, fill in the blank. Now here's another question from scripture. Do you ever think Jesus hurried? In the gospels, 
the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we don't ever read about Jesus worrying or hurrying. We see him being deliberate and patient and taking his time, often to the frustration of those around him, both those who were for him and those who were against him, who wanted him to change speed and change course. But if you stop and think about it, it seems clear that Jesus was modeling something that he expected his followers to imitate, a trust and faith in God who provides what we need. And this brings me back to those words in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus wants us to trust God. What does Jesus not say? He doesn't say, give us what we need for tomorrow. Give us today what I need for next year. <laughs> give me what I want right now for my future or my kid's future or my grandkid's future. I think Jesus intentionally puts a limit into this prayer, a request for daily bread, because if we pursue this kind of unhurried, unscatterbrained, intentionally trustful posture with God, then we can say no to the rat race of the world, to this unmitigated, full throttle, kind of NASCAR, rocket fuel ignited rush that leaves us with anxiety and fear that drives us into wanting to accumulate and hoard more for ourselves. Jesus put this limit here because he knows we want to be in control. And he's modeling for us that he gave control of his life over to his father. He's saying, look, I love my father in heaven. I love God. And that compels me to trust him. So if you love him too, then you will be compelled to trust him too. This reminds me of another place in the Gospels in John chapter 6, verse 35 through 40. I want to, let's take a look at that for a minute. It says, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. There's that word bread again. The person who aligns with me hungers no more and thirsts no more ever. I have told you this explicitly because even though you have seen me in action, you don't really believe me. Every person the Father gives me eventually comes running to me. And once that person is with me, I hold on and don't let go. I came down from heaven not to follow my own agenda, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. This, in a nutshell, is that will. That everything handed over to me by the Father be completed, not a single detail missed. And at the wrap-up of time, I have everything and everyone put together, upright and whole. This is what my Father wants, that anyone who sees the Son and trusts who He is and what He does and then aligns with Him will enter real life eternal life. My part is to put them on their feet alive and whole at the completion of time. I just think that's beautiful. Jesus is spelling out what a life of faith and trust looks like and the commitment God has to be with you, a promise that he will make you whole. And back in the Lord's Prayer about daily bread, Jesus is offering not just a way to pray, words to pray, but an invitation for us to learn something about the way of life. He has with God, which is an ongoing daily dependence on him. You might call that a life of faith. Jesus is saying, you can not just pray this prayer, but you can live it out too. And as you live it out, you release control to him. You release worry and anxiety about not having enough. We slow down from our rushing and we finally have time to seek and find what is truly life. Now, I told you at the beginning of this teaching that I would show you a resource 
This is not like the other ones I've put up before, but I like it, even though it's a bit different. It's a little game, kind of a thinking exercise for your brain and your heart and your spirit. Your instructions are to draw a line between the prayer on the right and the person who prayed it on the left. So take your time and enjoy that for a minute. Well, to sum up, we've been given not only a method for prayer and words to say here, but an invitation and a challenge. It's like Jesus is speaking through the static of our frenzied, distracted, and wealthy context and culture, and he's asking a question. Will you be content with enough bread for today? Will you release your worries to God? Will you relax, trust me, and slow down? Will you learn to live the words that Jesus was praying? Give us this day our daily bread. This is Pastor Worth for West Seattle Christian Church Online. Until next time, God's grace and peace to you all.